0: some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that.
1: You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game podcast network.
0: Well, hello there. Welcome to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast back for Giants baseball in the year 2023. It is spring and hope spring's eternal when the season starts and Uh, This is Sam Lubman here of uh, the producer of The Morning Roast. And I am here with my co-host on this podcast, Joe, the butcher boy Shasky. You can also hear him on The Morning Roast. And uh, Shasky, man, we did it. We got through the long, cold, wet winter. It was an up and down winter. It was uh, some not some great headlines winter, but we're here at the start of baseball season. Is hope spring eternal for you?
1: It really does. I mean, this is the changing of the seasons. Obviously, we here in the Bay Area have been rained out for what feels like 100 straight days. Um, Little leagues has started across the country, especially here. Softball leagues. Everybody's starting to plan their vacations. I can feel it. And there's just something optimistic this time around. And, again, if you're listening to us for the first time, hit subscribe. You can find us and like us um, on uh, anywhere you look for podcasts or the Odyssey app, Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. Sam, I'm really excited for this year. I mean, obviously – you know, the Giants had a tumultuous offseason, which we haven't had an opportunity to discuss. But it's funny how I kind of trick myself into being almost like spring cleaning, like the birth renewal. You know what I mean? I, I do feel like, and not to get all religious on you, I do feel like I'm rising from the dead
0: after three days <laughs> in the tomb. Exactly. I think that's a great way to put it. I kind of like to look at it. It's like uh, it's like Schrodinger's baseball team. You know, the, the team could be either really good yeah. or really bad. That's what's great about this time until the games are played. They could be either one. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, we kind of talk about the tumultuous offseason. And obviously a lot has been said about that on air. We've touched on it a bit on the podcast in the past. But this was I think I consider this postseason this offseason. The Giants somehow got a little bit better. at the same time had probably one of the most horrific off seasons that giants fans can remember in a long time and a lot of that falls on to the responsibility of giants president of baseball operations farhan zaidi and that's why i want to start things off today with this pod as we kind of start the second season of the garlic fries and baseball guys podcast and that is where kind of things stand with farhan zaidi right now now we do know that the giants announced that uh we kind of got some details on Farhan's contract. Uh, he does have a club option for next year, which the Giants do intend to uh, exercise. So he's basically more or less unofficially locked in through this season and next season. After that though, it's kind of who knows. So just to start things off right now, keep it broad. Where do things stand with Farhan Zaidi, the Giants and this fan base right now?
1: Yeah. that's such a great question. You know, I think, I think to each person's going to have their own answer for something like this, I and mean, it really feels like, you know, uh, let's go to the off season this year. We we heard forever, hey, they got to land free agents. They're going to land a big free agent. They got to land a star. They got to land a star. And why is that? Well, because it felt like and it saw to me like when I look at the roster, nobody from the double A, triple A, single A farm was coming up in time. And so you almost feel like you had to jumpstart this kind of resurgence for the San Francisco Giants by spending top dollar on the open market. I think if we go back to five or six years ago, part of why they were in the position that they're in to hire Farhan was because of bad money that they spent. Right. Locked into wrong contracts, maybe too loyal to some of the guys going in free agency to overspend for Samarja and Cueto, et cetera, Denard Span. And so I felt like they were falling down the same trap. And I'm saying to myself, well, why are you doing this? And you get the whole fan base up in a fervor. They don't land Aaron Judge. They have Carlos Correa agreed to in principle, but he doesn't get the the, the physical uh, approved. And then there's that whole saga And I sit here and I look and I'm saying to myself, well, wait a minute, like you got $180 million payroll and there's not one guy that anybody cares about other than Logan Webb, Duvall and Crawford. And I don't see any young players and I don't see any stars. What's going on? So I feel like a lot of the criticism on Farhan
0: is warranted and it's part of their own doing. Totally. No, they've they've kind of dug themselves this hole and you kind of look back It's like, well, how do you get to this situation? You know? Yes. When when Farhan got here, it's it's no secret he had a tough situation to, to kind of dig I his agree. team out of. And, yeah, I think you, you mentioned the lack of player development. It has come along really yeah. slow. Now, there's lots of reasons as to why that may have happened. Some of it's injuries. Some of it's bad luck. Uh, some of it is just some guys kind of got stalled out in their development. Hmm. But it kind of created the situation where the Giants were almost forced to have to build a team through free agency last year, which – I don't think that's what this front office wants to do. They really want to focus on building internally and having guys from the farm system produce, but they're kind of forced to go off script here. And they're almost forced into the situation where they had no choice but to go out and sign yes. Aaron Judge. Now, we've talked about how you know forthcoming Judge was or how honest he might have been in this pursuit. You've expressed frustration that the Giants were had. You think that they shouldn't have been had. I almost kind of wonder, like, if Farhan had not pursued Aaron judge and said, well, we wanted to, but we could tell he was not, you know, he wasn't going to give us an honest, you know, faith negotiation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if fans really would have accepted that as an answer. So it's almost like you're, you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't, you're stuck between this rock and a hard place. That's a really difficult situation for the giants to be in. And at the end of the day, you have no one but yourself to blame well, for getting into the situation. Let's put the free agents to
1: the side because I'm kind of with you. Like, let's say we had never heard publicly that they were pursuing judge. You wouldn't lose much sleep, right? I mean, most Giants fans. I think the fact that you felt like you had a chance and and then you find out that you really were kind of used to up the price for the Yankees, like, that hurts. It hurts being on the other side of that. Then the Correa thing, you get all fired up because you think they finally land a guy. He's a shortstop. Um, He's going to provide some international flair because he's not from this country and been part of some winning teams. And he's an everyday player that you're looking for. And, wow, 13 years, like, so many things baked into that. Like, we can even have an argument whether 13 years is just much to give any player i don't care who it is but if we had not found out about all those things and i looked up and i saw this roster let's say i was hibernating all off season and i just looked at the roster it's not an inspiring roster although i do believe it to be upgraded from last year my biggest problem it's not you missing on the free agents it's none of those things it's the fact that you can't develop your own players and it feels like We're waiting extra long when I was already patient on the front end saying, hey, it's going to take three or four years. Well, here we are in year five, and there's not one young,
0: everyday player that I know can play for this team. Yeah. And you're, you're starting to see the fruit a little bit with Casey Schmidt. Yeah. Bryce Johnson could be some there there as well. Uh, obviously, the big eye is on Kyle Harrison. He looks like he could be the first big star to come out of the, the Giants farm system here. But yeah, to your point, Shasky, we gave him patience and mm-hmm we haven't really been rewarded for it at the end of the 2018 season. This is a line I cite a lot when I write stuff for the station about the Giants, Larry bear said in looking for a new president of baseball ops to replace Brian Sabian and Bobby Evans, we want next gen thinking. And what I saw that as Mm. is it was the Giants admitting that, they felt behind the times. You see what the Dodgers are doing in terms of how they've kind of dived into this new way of approaching uh, baseball team construction. The Astros, they're at the forefront of using data and new age technology to develop their farm system. And that's how both of those teams have got a just continuous supply of young talent coming up from their minor leagues where we can lose. The the Dodgers can lose a Corey Seager. It's okay. We have Gavin Lux. Uh, The, the, the Astros can uh, lose a Carlos Correa and they got, uh, what was it? Uh, Jeremy Pena. Pena. Yeah. Who can fill in right after that. That's where I kind of saw the giants wanted. The giants wanted a guy who could recreate that process, but you see them instead. They're striking out with free agents. They're kind of signing, ho-hum free agents they're not developing guys it's it's almost like it's we wanted next-gen thinking but it's basically just a, a different version of what the Giants had in the last few years of the Brian Sabian area yeah. when they were not signing free agents when the free yeah. agent signings they did have like you know Denard Span, weren't exciting and the player development the last few years under Sabian was largely non-existent it seems like the Giants are just new people same results would you agree with me very few teams can sustain excellence if you're just
1: splurging in the free agent market. I totally agree with that. All right. So let's look at the Padres, for example, because everyone wants to point to them. Wow. Look at, they got Machado and remember when they got Hosmer and well, really it started with some of their own homegrown talent, Musgrove and obviously the uh, Cronenworth and Fernando Tatis Jr. I think that's really the secret sauce of that team. Will Myers was obviously homegrown at one point uh, in his career. So like, to me as much as we want to go crazy and and yes you can land superstar type talent every now and then via free agency it's not a sustainable business model but you know mm-hmm. what it is developing your own look at the championships that the giants had and i think this is my biggest problem with right now like Posey, Johnny Sanchez, Lincecum, Kane, Pablo Sandoval, you know, you can find me a hundred pence and trade for him and bring him in and make him a part of the culture. But Hunter pence by himself wasn't going to do anything. It was no. the fact that they had all those other guys around them. And then you sprinkle in the Brian Wilson's and the Sergio Romo's who we're celebrating right now. Like, I think we've dramatically underrated how important having a pipeline of talent. And then you fast forward to like 2014 and and 2016, you had Joe panic emerge and Crawford emerge and Brown and belt emerge. And, and Matt Duffy emerge. There were so many guys that they could use some of those guys as trade pieces to get things that maybe they couldn't develop.
0: That's the biggest issue right now. The cupboard of prospects feels very empty. Mm -hmm. So going into this season, this this feels like it's a big year for, for everyone in the Giants. We can touch about yeah. that again in a second. But we know that the plan is to pick up the option for Farhan after this season. So it sounds like he has at least two years left, and we're still waiting on whether or not he gets a longer-term extension. So I'm curious for you, Shasky, has Farhan earned that extension? And if not, what can what needs to happen this year for you to say, maybe we should extend him? So let's play this out. Why are you in a rush to give him an extension?
1: Is he is he going to be gun shy or more apt to make a bold trade to keep his job? Are you that worried? Like I, I'm asking sincerely, I don't know the answer to this.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think a part of it is when you have that long-term contract, there's security. You know you're going to be around. It's harder, I think, to make longer-term moves when you're not going to be around to see those moves come to fruition. If I'm Farhan and I'm thinking, well, I could be gone as soon as maybe after this year Mm -hmm. or maybe after 2024, it's kind of harder to maybe say, well, maybe we should extend Logan Webb for the next five, six years. Because why would you make a move like that that you won't be around to really see the fruition of? So I think having that stability, I think, looks good around the rest of the league. I mean, if it's tough getting people to sign here now, how are you going to convince people to sign here when there's so much questions around the leadership of who's going to be running the team? So just off the top of my head, I think those are kind of some reasons why you want to have Farhan extended. And honestly, as a fan, if I see a, a contract extension for Farhan Zaidi, that's kind of an indication that, you know what? The front office, they the, not the front office, the, the ownership, they know more than we do. If they're saying, "Hey, we're comfortable giving Farhan more years," that in theory is a positive indictment on the direction of the team. I, I hear you. I hear you. I guess my counter to that
1: would be, "Wow, one winning season, and you're going to be signed up for ten years of Farhan's ID?" Because like that's what an extension is going to look like. It's going to be a multi-year extension, and uh, you know this is year five. Next year would be year six if that's the option. If you add numbers to it, seven, eight, nine right? Like you start doing mm-hmm. the math and you're saying to yourself, I got to start seeing some fruit come off this tree. And so look, I think you're in a really tough spot. I would just say like, can I see how this year plays out? Cause if I see one young player and we can get to some of them in a second, I think a lot of things change. If, 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 this pitching staff bottoms out and isn't good. And Logan Webb doesn't regain form and maybe Camilo of Duvall doesn't take another step forward. And we don't see Kyle Harrison and we do see Kyle- Casey Schmidt stuck in triple a. Like, do I really want to be signed up for more years of this? Like I would take a hard look at my situation and say, do I have the right infrastructure in place to cultivate talent year after year? Like, I think they're in a really hard spot with this one.
0: I can go both ways. Yeah, it's tough because I don't know if there's any one specific answer that would kind of settle everything. It could be a season that doesn't go how we want – but still leads to an extension. Mm -hmm. There's, there's so much behind the scenes. So just want to take a minute, let you guys know you are listening to the garlic fries and baseball guys podcast. This is Sam Lubman here with Joe Shasky. We are coming at you at least twice a week, all throughout the giants baseball season. Make sure to rate this podcast, review it, subscribe to it, share it, tell every person you've ever met in your life to listen to it. We are the best destination for all of your giants podcast talk right here on garlic fries and baseball guys. So, We're talking about just kind of what needs to happen this season in terms to get a contract extension. And as the season gets started, there's a lot that's said about expectations. What can we expect from the team? Now, we could be optimistic right now and maybe expect the moon from the Giants. Yeah. Or to be pessimistic and be like, oh, no, they're going to be lousy all year long. So it seems like there's a team where just looking up and down this roster, so many guys have something to prove this year. So many guys have – a lot of stock kind of riding on how this season transpires. So with all that said, with what these guys on this team have to prove, considering the landscape around them in the National League West and just the National League as a whole, what's a fair expectation for what we want the Giants to do this year? Obviously the overall expectation is you want a world series, but if that's number one goal, what is a fair expectation? What do the Giants need to do for us coming away from the season saying, that was a step forward. Sam, Sam, saying that this team has got World Series aspirations. Look, every team in
1: professional sports wants to win championships. But the reality is, you're not set up to do it every single year. And even when you think you're set up to do it, things can happen throughout the season where sports happens, injuries, you know, guys fall off. Uh, you get beat by a better team. Uh, you don't catch the right breaks. You know, you face the wrong team in the wrong playoffs. I would make the argument in not one of the years that the Giants won the championship, were they had the top dog heading into the playoffs, right? No. Now, 2012, I feel like was their top, best top to bottom team. And they were the number one team for three quarters of the year. But the final two months of the season was horrible. Horrible, and yeah. obviously 2014. I mean, Bumgarner helped will them to a championship. Well, with obviously Crawford and uh, and and Posey and and Pence and and Belt contributing, even though Posey's uh, bat was terrible at that time. So this year, let's look at this year. When you spend the amount of money that they've spent, even if it's a lot of two and three year contracts and one year deals. I feel like that puts you in the wild card at minimum. Like you need to be competing for the wild card spot. Now, if things happen and you fall out of it, look, I, I'm willing to understand if we if we go through the season and guys fall off and they're nowhere near or injuries happen or some other team in the NL West makes a big jump up like Arizona, I believe is prime for that. But I've said that a few times about Arizona. Maybe Colorado comes up out of nowhere. You should be competing for that seventh wild card spot at minimum that to me is a realistic goal
0: for this team right now. What do you think? I agree. No, I think at minimum there should be a wild card. If I think we can all just maybe agree right now, the Padres are probably they have the, the, the division uh clinched until they don't, I guess would probably be a good way to look at it. They just well, look like see. the most complete team from top to oh no you got still have to play the games. Yeah. But from top to bottom, the Padres look like the most complete team right now. I have no issue, pe- you know, penciling them in as the okay. division champions, which means that you're fighting for one of these three wild card spots. You're going to be fighting for that spot with the Dodgers, who even without Trey Turner, that's still a very scary team. Yeah. People think, oh, the Dodgers are taking a step back this year. There's still, a, you know, 111 team that lost Trey Turner. This is still a team that could probably win 95 games. Yeah, uh, the Dodgers still pretty freaking good and then yeah the diamondbacks they're going to be a problem this year they have a very good one-two punch with uh what Merrill Kelly and uh uh Zach Gallon atop the rotation oh and of course that Madison Bumgarner guy you know he's always a potential to uh pitch pretty well too every now and then and the lineup it's it's not a chump lineup there's guys who can hit I mean yeah. even in 2021 when the Diamondbacks were a disaster they had guys in that lineup who could put mm-hmm. the bat on the ball and make some damage happen so they're not going to be a pushover. And the Rockies, they still play half their games at Coors Field, which that's always going to be a massive home field advantage for them. The Giants, they seriously have their work cut out for them just in the division. That's before you even get through the rest of the National League. The National League East looks absolutely loaded. The NL Central, you know, you got the 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 Cardinals and the Brewers. I think the Cubs could be a team that maybe might sneak in and cause some problems too. So, That's a lot of traffic to navigate through to get one of three spots. You're talking about is 87 wins enough. I definitely think that should be the goal for the Giants to at minimum achieve that. I'm not even sure if 87 wins would even get you there when you think about just how good some of these teams in the National League are. I I, I'm with you, but like they've got a lot of question marks, you know, let's go to some of the question marks for this year's giants team. Like let's, let's dive deep
1: into this right now. Last year, I thought it was one of the worst base running teams I've ever seen in my life. Also defensively, they left a lot to be desired. I mean, you can make an entire case on Alex Cobb being underrated strictly because of bad defense, right? Mm -hmm. So let's go around the diamond right now. Brandon belt, whatever you think about him was a better defensive first baseman than what I've seen thus far from jock and Lamont Wade, though. I heard from Lamont Wade, he played first base in college. He's smaller, a shorter target. I actually think he'll be better than Jock at first base. And I think we're underrating it. But defensively, they might take it a tick down. Like I think that's yeah.
0: fair to say out loud. And you also got possibly Flores, Wilmer Flores, and JD Davis will also exactly. see sometimes at first base. And it's a yeah, crowded of those, position. Of those four, is Lamont Wade Jr. the best defensive option yes. there? If yes. that's the situation, like ew. I know, I
1: know, and so and and look, I'm holding out hope he can get better as the year goes on. More familiarity, more reps, all those things. Second base, Estrada made strides last year. He was a struggle at second base at times, mm-hmm. right? Defensively. Shortstop, we love Craw. I like Craw a lot. I, you know who doesn't like him? But he's got a bulky knee right now. Can he continue to you know face off Father Time and and look like his youthful self? Who's the backup at second and at short? Like yeah. is Estrada I mean, gonna be my backup at short? Is Wilver Flores like my backup
0: at, at second? I mean the Giants they're they're falling into a trap where it's almost like it's it's a repeat of the two thousand nine Giants who or the two the 2008 Giants when they went in with 41 year old Omar Vizquel at shortstop exactly. and and no one else and that's how the legend of Brian Bocock was born yeah, exactly um, so then and it seems like the Giants are repeating that uh, that same mistake almost yeah
1: exactly and so I look at someone like David VR and they've got him penciled in at third base and I'm saying well I think I need him to play third and second like just looking at the roster Wilmer Flores play pen- first too <laughs> exactly um, and and then that leads us to, to third base which obviously VR is going to get the bulk of the opportunities there. Look around the backups, okay? You have so many first basemen, the redundancy there. You don't really have legitimate backups at third, short, and second. J.D. Davis doesn't cut it at third base in my no. estimation. So and I'm, really sketchy. Either. I'm really sketchy on the infield defense. Behind the plate, Bart looks solid. I would say solid, not great behind the plate. He's got a really plus arm. The glove is in eh. calling games. That's a whole nother thing. Blake Sable, great bat. The glove is coming along like that's just call what it is. And then I go to the outfield and I love Bryce Johnson being added to the team, some speed, all that. Yaz and him are the only plus defenders.
0: Yeah. I mean, Austin Slater, I think he's, he's okay on defense. He can move around, but you and I saw it last year. How many times did Austin Slater jump for a fly ball that went five feet over his head and to the left? I can't judge a fly ball at all. No, Uh, Mitch Hanniger, I think is a, improvement over jock peterson left field only in the same way that you or i would be an improvement in left field over jock peterson defensively and michael conforto again this is a guy who all indications are that he is healthy he is ready to go i think he could be another plus defender out there you talk about just kind of what to expect from guys i look at conforto and hanniger and i think maybe what do you want to expect from them i'll ask you that in a second conforto i think could be a very he could be the next guy we're like oh hey farhan really found a good one here Uh, Mitch Hanniger, my, my bull take for the year is I want to see Mitch Hanniger make a sneaky all-star bid. Uh, I think he could be good enough. The last full season he played, he hit 39 home runs. This is a guy who I think very well could play well enough to where he could get some all-star consideration there. Let me ask you about Mitch
1: Hanniger. for people that maybe aren't familiar. What kind of player is he? Uh, he's probably
0: more power dominant. He's got some good contact there overall plus defender a guy who's able to drive runs in uh about a league average strikeout walk rate kind of fits a lot of the molds that farhan Zaidi's is looking for now as far as versatility i think he's probably more of a left fielder i don't I think, think he'll so play too. a lot of right field but i think that's good because i don't think he's a guy who's going to be platooned he can hit both sides okay. of the plate so okay. he's a guy that, so you're really high on him i'm i'm about as high as you probably could be on no, a guy i like, like him yeah all right i like so him. I'm very. I want to be very optimistic about Haniger. Part of it is just hopefully kind of willing it to to happen. But no, I look at Mitch Haniger as a guy who, if he's in an All Star conversation, I wouldn't be all that shocked about it. If he's not, I probably wouldn't be shocked about it either. Not not trying to hedge that or anything, but he is a guy who I kind of expect a lot out of Mitch Haniger, uh, and that may be warranted or not. But like it or not, he was the premier signing. Of this off season, so there's going to be a lot of expectations on what we should see out of him. I'm with you on that. And then adding Bryce Johnson, this is the kind of step forward that I'm looking forward to. This
1: is a young speedster. This is a team that doesn't steal bases. He led spring training in stolen bases. The Giants tied the A's in terms of most stolen bases attempted and most stolen bases successfully um, achieved. And so. This is a big signaling of them changing philosophically who they are as their ethos. They were never going to run the bags the last couple of years because of how old they were very station to station. I'm really excited to see Bryce Johnson.
0: Yeah, no, especially I think stolen bases are going to go up this year. Bigger bases, less pickoff attempts. It is going to be easier than it has been in a long time to steal bases. And having at least one guy there is great. Hopefully they can get more, but you need to start somewhere. So yeah, you are listening to the uh, garlic fries and baseball guys podcast. Joe Shasky here with Sam Lubman. We are coming at you twice a week. Make sure you're rating this podcast review, subscribe to it, share it, tweet about it, go to lunch and tell people about it. It's it's a great conversation starter. Um, can, we, can we get into the pitching? Yes. Let's talk. Yeah. What do you want to get in with the pitching here? Uh, okay. Let's let's look like we all agree. Like part of
1: the, the great dynasty that the giants put together, it wasn't just the everyday players. It was the elite pitching as well. And it's not just uh, the starting rotation with the bullpen. As I look at this, I think they're so interconnected, right? You, you want to work backwards. That's what they say. Well, I, I want to start on the front end because to me, part of what made the Giants so great was knowing that even if Johnny Sanchez, who was your four or five at times, was going to struggle, he was going to get you through five, right? Mm-hmm. And so it made it a lot easier for Bochy and Rigetti and Mark Gardner to piece together that bullpen. I look at what they have now. Of the guys that you have available, and I'll let you rattle them off, Logan Webb's the only one that I know. I expect six full innings from him every time he's on the rubber. All the other guys, they're nice pieces. They can deal at times. I wish, because like losing Rodon in the offseason, that's a blow for your bullpen because you're asking a lot from these other guys to step in if they have to come in in the fourth,
0: fifth, sixth inning in relief. Yeah, and I agree with you there. I think that's why they went with more – quantity over quality in mm. their pitching choices this off season. Uh, Sean Mania and Ross Stripling are, everyone talked about how they're very deep with, uh, with the pitching rotation. You know, we saw in September last year, they had bullpen games back to back days, not because they wanted to, because they had to, they ran out of healthy arms that they could throw out there. I don't think they'll have that problem this year. Uh, you'll probably see guys like Jacob, Jacob Junis, who was a great find last year. He's probably going to be more in the swingman long relief role, for those days when, you know, maybe Alex Cobb can't get out of the third inning. Uh, Dee Scalfani and uh, Manaya I think you could see them flip-flopping around in that five spot. Whoever's not in the five spot, they'll kind of be the, the bulk inning guy in the bullpen. So I hear what you're saying. You want starters to go deep in the games. But on those days when, you know, the starter maybe can't get into that fifth inning or can't get through that fifth inning, they have long relief options that can kind of help bridge the gap from that fourth, fifth inning through the sixth inning and into the seventh inning. So if you're kind of breaking into your bullpen with, you know, two outs in the fifth, two outs in the sixth inning or in the seventh inning, ideally. So you're kind of, you know, three innings of bullpen work, three and a third innings of bullpen work. That's probably a, a very good sweet spot for this Giants team. It might be difficult to get on some nights, but I think they have enough starting pitching depth here where they might have to get creative in how they get the game to the the, the bullpen uh, they certainly have the tools to do it, whether or not it works out that unfortunately remains to be seen. Um, another thing that kind of strikes me with the pitchers here, and this ties in with the defense as well, Shasky, and I'm kind of curious as to your thoughts here, I'm looking at the, these, at the giants pitchers and I'm noticing a pattern here, Logan Webb, you know, fastball sinker combo, ha- a lot of ground balls, Sean Maniah got a good sinker generates a lot of ground balls. Ross Stripling, sinker pitcher, Alex Cobb, Alex Wood. These are all guys with, they all have sinkers and they all have sinkers that are great at generating uh, ground balls. The Giants led the league the last two years in generating ground balls. The Giants clearly have a strategy where they want their pitchers to put the ball on the ground. I like that strategy until you realize what defense <laughs> is behind them. And I just can't help but wonder it's like, I, I I like that you have a pitching strategy, but does this pitching strategy really work with the team you have here? Now, I don't know how good the defense has to be behind this pitching staff. I don't think they have to be a field of gold glovers, yeah. but they can't be a field of soccer players either. Uh, no. I'm curious. Just, yeah. What are your thoughts when it comes to the, the pitching strategy compared with this defense? I find it to be almost
1: at odds with each other. Like if you're going to have a team that wants to put the ball on the ground, uh, at least in terms of your pitching staff, then why is Casey Schmidt in triple a, if he's one of the best, most dynamic gloves that the, that the team has ever seen. Like to me, he's a guy that I would prioritize keeping up strictly to lean in to that defense. Like I, I it's very difficult because you have to sacrifice something a lot. Like very few players are complete players, right? Especially Mm -hmm. in the modern baseball, you're not going to get a, you know, plus plus hitter with a plus plus defender. That usually doesn't happen. Usually there's a deficiency somewhere. And I just, I feel like they've made their choice and their choice is we want to hit the ball. We want to mash. Yeah. But you better be ready for the defensive hiccups that are going to be coming your way. And you better have pitching that can overcome that. And so I just worry about it. I re- and I think it's all interconnected, and it goes back to the bullpen too. Like you got a couple of guys that serve up long balls. So you, your relief as your ground ball pitchers for all your, your 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 starting pitchers come in, guys on base, who's coming in out of the pen? Couple of guys that serve up long balls, i.e., Tyler Rogers, Taylor Rogers. Even though they're both very good, they do have a propensity for giving up the deep ball. Camilo Duval, I love him. When he gives up a shot, it's a long ball. Mm-hmm. So I worry that you're going to be giving up crooked numbers in bad situations because of that, that philosophy. Does that make sense?
0: No, totally. And I agree. I mean, when you have pitchers that pitch to contact, that is a downside of it. Uh, Tyler Rogers, again, yeah, he can kind of hang one every now and then when guys get a beat on that slider. Though I think last year, you only allowed like one or two home runs all last year. Of course, it's kind of tough right now because Rogers gave up a shot last night to the <laughs> A's. <laughs> yeah. And it was just an absolute moonshot. But, but no to say that about the defense. You, the Giants and their ground ball rate, it was it kind of was the same from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. What did not translate from twenty one to twenty two, obviously, was the defense. But in twenty one, this was not a few, There was not a lot of Gold Glovers around there. I mean, obviously, no. Crawford was great on defense. But the Giants, more or less overall, they were kind of middle of the road, average yes. on defense. Last year, they were at the bottom of every single defensive metric. Pick your favorite defense, you know, defensive rating, UZR, D, you know, defensive run saves. Pick a metric. They are in the bottom three. They don't need to be super, super good on defense. I, I agree think. with if that. They're, if they're ranked anywhere from like 15th to 20th in most of these defensive metrics, like that's not ideal. I think you want to shoot for something higher than that. But I think this, this lineup is good and this pitching is good enough to where simply – Marginal improvement on defense, I think, will go a long way. Is it the difference between 81 wins and 107 wins? I don't think so. Is it a difference between 81 wins and 87 to 90 wins? Play good enough defense, and it very well could be. Again, just just be capable. Just be yeah. capable. And I think so far, I think they've at least gone from, if last year was a zero on a scale of 1 to 10, I think they're at about a 4 or 5 right now. Interesting.
1: Interesting. I just... <sighs> we've gone so negative. I'm actually very optimistic about this year's Giants. I know. I and I know I, I it sounds of- like we're pointing out a lot of their flaws, but get baseball is a game of failure. I think that's kind of like one thing that people need to kind of get it through their head, like mm-hmm. seven out of 10 fails and you're in the hall of fame, you know, you're three yeah. hitter, hall of fame. So, I, it sounds like we're being negative. I don't think we are. Actually, I'm surprisingly optimistic about this Giants team, and I'm really excited to see kind of how it shakes down. Like this year, I look at little things like if Camilo Duvall can get to 40 saves, that would be huge for this. Massive. Right? Okay. Yeah. Now let's go to Logan Webb. If Logan Webb, I don't think he needs to replicate 2021. Can he get to 15 wins and regain? That, that command on all of his breaking pitches? Can he, can he go deeper into games with better stuff, right? And not mm-hmm. labor so hard through those middle innings like he had in years past. Can someone emerge as a number two? Rodon was a clear ace last year for this team, and Webb, even though he started the year as the one, became the number two. Who can be that number two to Logan Webb? On offense, can Mitch Hanniger break out? Can Bryce Johnson show that he you know, belongs. Can Estrada come somewhere close to what he did last year? Can I see more from VR? Like, I think that there are little tiny, you know, jobs looking around the infield and the outfield, and the bullpen, where I'm like, I
0: could see a lot of successes this year. I agree. Um, And, yeah, I kind of want to finish on an optimistic note. And, just, yeah, I, I do think you don't need to see a huge amount of improvement, exactly. I think, to see – an overall level of improvement around this team. One thing we know about the giants and their pitching staff and their coaching staff is that they know pitching. They have been great at pitching ever since they got here. They're expected to be great at pitching this year. I'm excited for bounce back seasons from Alex Wood and Alex Cobb. I think just marginally good defense will go work wonders for them. Remember in 2021, Alex Wood was basically the losing streak uh, stopper. Yes for most of the season uh Cobb you know you look at him he had an ERA in the 5s he had a fielding independent independent of pitching in the 3s now for those who don't know how fip works basically the the short version of it is fip is a more uh, indicative version of how good a pitcher is minus the uh, fielding that goes on behind him. So it's only on what a pitcher can control. A FIP that is lower than your ERA suggests that you have some positive regression. So you were kind of screwed over by some bad luck. If your FIP is higher than your ERA, it means you're in, to do in line for some negative regression, aka you were getting a little lucky out there. Alex Cobb last year, he got bit by the bad luck bug quite a bit. I expect that to kind of regress back to the mean this year. That would be huge. So there's a lot of areas where last year, I think was just kind of just kind of an anomaly in some senses, in terms of just how bad the giants were. Some of it was kind of brought on themselves. All of it, I think is something that you'll see improvement on going into this season. And again, a little bit of improvement. I really think will go a long way with this team. Shashi, you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I do.
1: If one player can come out of nowhere from this farm system and just provide a little bit of hope. I think we look at Farhan, Kapler, the giants, everything differently. If it's Casey Schmidt, if it's Kyle Harrison, if it's McCrary or Patrick Bailey, like pick the player, Elliot Ramos, who I've kind of given up on Luciano. If one of these guys can find a way up to the big league club in 2023 and just show us a couple of weeks of some optimism, Doesn't everything change in terms of narrative around this team?
0: I definitely think it does. Just show us positive steps. Show us that we're heading in the right direction. Exactly. You know, Farhan once said, you know, it's just one good baseball move after another. Let's see these positive moves and let's see them last too. Uh, If I had to make one request, not not non- on Field Request, I would love to see a Logan Webb extension this year. Show me that because that would show me that, you know what? We have our guy for the future. Yeah, we can build around him. I want to see Logan Webb be that guy. Hopefully this season we kind of start to see that happen. So uh, for uh, Joe Shasky, this is Sam Lubman here on the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. We are back for the 2023 season of Giants Baseball. We'll be coming at you twice a week, all season long. All your great uh, Giants coverage here. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed and don't miss an episode. We will see you on the next one.